Amen. Would you take your Bibles, please? Thank you, Brother Tim. Joshua 10, turn there. Try to make every word count. It's hard to do that, but I'm going to try. Uh, we uh, are going to have a good Thursday service next, next week. Uh, it's not a good Wednesday service. Don't get hung up on the day, but uh, I don't have time to explain why we're doing that, but we're, there's, there's reasons. So we're going to do a good Thursday service, and I think it'll be better than a good Wednesday service. And uh, enough said for now. Uh, Joshua chapter 10, and uh, about 14 verses. Would you listen carefully as I, I read the verses, but follow along with me, please. Joshua 10 and verse number 13, the latter part of the verse for sake of time. So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and hasted not to go down about a whole day. Verse 14, I'm sorry, my eyes, I should have my glasses. I, don't, I didn't bring them. And there was no day like that before it after or after it that the Lord hearkened unto the voice of, of a man for the Lord fought for Israel. Verse 25, same chapter. And Joshua said unto them, Fear not, nor be dismayed. Be strong and of a good courage, for thus saith the Lord. Oh, I'm having a very hard time. I apologize here. Brother Bruce, would you do me a big favor? I'll, I'll read the number. You read the verse for me. Would you please do that for me, please? Read verse 14, please. And there was no day like you before it or after it, that the Lord hearkened unto the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. Thank you. Would you read verses 25, please? Verse 25. And then would you read verses 31, 34, and 36? 31, 34, and 36? Yes, sir. And Joshua passed from Lithna uh, and all of Israel with them unto Lachish and, and encamped against it and fought against it. And from Lachish, Joshua passed unto Eglon and all Israel with him. And they encamped against it and fought against it. And Joshua went out from Eglon and all of Israel with him unto Hebron. Thank you. And two more verses in this chapter, verses 42 uh, and 3, please. And then let's go to chapter 11 and verse 7, please. All right, and then verse number 12. And all the cities of those kings, and all the kings of them, did Joshua take, and smote them with the edge of the sword, and utterly destroyed them, as Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded. Thank you. And I, I'm going to read our text first, which is verse number 18 of this chapter. Joshua made war a long time with all those kings. 
I wanted to read verses 19 and 20, but just glance at verse 24. It was of the Lord to harden their hearts that they should come against Israel to battle, that he might destroy them utterly. And you could read the rest of the verse if you want to. We get down to verse number 23, last verse. And Brother Bruce, please, one more time. Now there's a key that in these 14 or 15 verses that, that uh, Bruce read, thank you. And the key is that they all talked about, in case you didn't catch it, war. Verse 18, it says, Joshua made a long, or made war a long time with all those kings. And I want to talk to us tonight in the minutes that we have. The war lasts a lifetime. The war lasts a lifetime. Uh, the Hundred Year War began in 1337. I know you know all about it, right? And you probably know who it was by. A Hundred Year War, everybody knows that, right? Uh, <laughs> I see Bruce actually shaking his head yes. Everybody else is kind of like, what, what is he talking about? But the, the kings of France, and the, uh, the kings of England for 115 years fought the Hundred Year War. And it ended in 1443. Most people don't even know about that in the war of nations for 115 years. Joshua is going to live 110 years. And I want you to know that he's, of course, he's a warrior. And the Bible tells us that we all, I think in many verses, just they can pop into your head like they popped in mine as I was just preparing this. Timothy said, fight the good fight of faith. They hold on eternal life. Ephesians says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but spiritual. Or not fleshly, but uh, spiritual. Second Timothy two two. Thou therefore endure hardness as a what? Good soldier of Jesus Christ. In Second Timothy four, the Bible says, "Fight a good fight, finish the course, uh, keep the faith." And so, in the Word of God, the Bible tells us that we're in a war. Now, some people, many people, never figure that out. Many people don't even realize that we're in a war. I set you up on purpose. I asked you about the Hundred Year War, knowing that if you're not a history buff, you probably didn't even know there was a Hundred Year War. Uh, most people are clueless about warfare. And there's a warfare, that we're clueless about seen wars, let alone clueless about unseen wars. And we're all fighting a, a battle. Uh, Bunyan wrote the the, the book, Holy War, of course, he wrote Pilgrim's Progress, but he wrote Holy War, the battle for man's soul. Most people are clueless that there's a battle going on. Many Christians are clueless. Some people, in fact, many people go through their whole life just surviving. That's all they do. Uh, Daniel, Jaden, I'll pick on you as our youngsters. You know, it's millions of kids are growing up, and they're being raised by parents who were raised by their parents, generation after generation after generation, just, they just survive. They just live for the, with an Epicurean lifestyle, just eat, drink, and be merry, and they don't have any purpose in life. Millions of people don't even realize there's a war, so they just survive. Then there's others that are successful, and... Uh, we could talk about the definition of success, Joshua 1.8, of course. We know the first time we find that word, of course. But 
Uh, it's, it's more than, God wants us more than just to survive. He wants us more to the, than just to be successful. Uh, some, and yet very few, are, have significance. And they make a difference. The Bible says, and some have compassion, making a difference. Bruce and Amanda, I'll pick on you because you need to be picked on. So, <laughs> so you're going to Gabon. You know why you're going, to make a difference in people's lives for eternity. You get it. A lot of folks don't get that. And uh, Gabon, where's Gabon? You know, uh, people don't even know there is a Gabon, let alone that there's millions of people there. And people don't even know that there's, uh, there's, a, there's a battle to be fought and a war to be won. Joshua was one of those people that was, he didn't just survive, he just wasn't successful, but he was significant and here it is, 3,000 plus years later, he's still significant. Because J Joshua was a difference maker. He was a warrior. He understood worth. He got weary. He understood worship, by the way. But he eventually won. He won for self, but not just for self. He won for others, for many others. But most of all, most importantly, he, he was a warrior and he won and he fought for the glory of God. And that's the whole purpose for all of our existence, as we know. I don't want to, you know, we don't get an award. Uh, I might get a badge of stupidity for keeping our doors open tonight, I suppose. I didn't know what to make the call, but I thought, I thought, you know, well, there may be a handful of people that want to come. So we should keep our doors open. I was thinking about the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier tonight. I don't think Washington's having a storm tonight. Maybe they are, I don't know. But I know this for a fact. There's a soldier out there doing the 21 steps. They've been doing that back and forth for 60 years. I thought about that today, and I thought, well, if they thought that, think that it's important to guard a tomb that nobody really cares about, or nobody's going to, you know, how much more maybe we should maybe you know, keep our doors open. Maybe what we're doing is important, even though I knew there was only going to be a handful of us that would come, and that's okay in one sense. But it's extremely important that you win. I've said it many times. Daniel and uh, Jaden, especially you guys, the younger, so you got a whole life to live. You know, the Rays and Bonnies, <laughs> pardon me, the Marty Shots of the world, the, the, uh, the Hearts of the world, we're, we're, we're coming, we're winding down. And I'm talking to the Waltz and Diane's, and you know it. Not Francine, she's still a young person. I'm teasing you. No, but we all, we all have a battle, don't we? We all have a war to fight. And uh, now Schofield says that Chronicles, thanks to Usher, that the, the events of Joshua take place over a period of 26 years. Now, they took place 3,500 years ago. But here we are, 2018, and in a snowstorm, I'm talking about it tonight. We're going to talk about Joshua. And the fact that wars last a lifetime. With, with Moses, we'll do it real quickly. With Moses, we have uh, redemption has two parts. Moses is the leader of the Exodus. And he redeems Israel out of, that's the key word. They got, came out of the land of Egypt. But the second part of, of redemption is into. We're called out to go into. We're called out of this world to go into another world. And uh, Joshua is the second part of redemption is into. 
You see, God called out Moses to the promised land. He never got there, as we all know. But he was instrumental in that first part of redemption. Uh, it's, it's, it, but God has an inheritance. You know, it's one thing to inherit a farm. It's another thing, entirely another thing, to, to farm the farm. It's one thing to, to get the possession or to be handed a possession. It's another thing to keep it. And God's given us a life. He's given us, and he, you know, you've, you've got a life, but he wants you to have it more abundantly. He wants you to, 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 to win. So I just have four points here tonight about wars. So the wars, and I want you to think of your life tonight for just a few minutes. Your war will last you your lifetime. I don't suppose any of us were going to make it as long as Joshua made it, 110 years of age. I don't think anybody, any of us had those genes in us to last that long, I don't think. Could be wrong, I'd like to be wrong, but highly doubt it. But uh, we, I want you to know the wars are made up of a series of battles throughout a lifetime. So I just have four I want to just touch on. You will have long war. The Bible says Joshua made war a long time with all those kings. One little ten-word sentence, one verse. We can read it in three seconds or so. But Joshua had to live it over the period of a quarter of a century, 25 years. You will have war a long time and some lengthy battles during your lifetime. Long battles. In that 100-year war, I don't know any battles myself, uh, um, but they, I'm sure there are some long extended campaigns and battles and sieges. Think of Joshua just real quickly here. The long wars that he had, his whole lifetime was a war. He started off, if you will, really, we don't think of it this way, but I think he did as a, even as a little boy, he understood at a very young age, maybe three or four or five or six or seven, he started to grasp the idea that he was a slave boy. He was born in a land of bondage. His people had been slaves for 390 years before, for 40 years since he was a boy. He grew up as a young boy in the land of bondage, and he went to the fields and worked, and maybe on those pyramids, and he worked, at, uh, worked hard as a, just a little boy, and then a, the junior higher and a high schooler that never got to go to any school. And he was a slave boy, and he didn't get the privileges of an Egyptian. So he spent his first 40 years in, as a prisoner of war, if you will. And, uh, but then he spends the next three years, from 40 to 42, 43 years of age, he gets led out by Moses, the leader of the Exodus, and Joshua becomes a warrior servant to Moses. You know the story. Remember when Moses fights the Amalekites and Moses' hands got weary in the battle? And Aaron and Hur came and lifted up his hands? Where was jo Joshua? He was actually down in the fields fighting the battle. You know, I, I thought of this analogy, you know, um, I, sometimes, I mean, there's such blessings in, that I get that so sometimes you don't get. I get the blessings of people just popping in, so to speak. Uh, today would be, for example, Anissa just popped in. The phone, uh, I talked to several people today, and I, uh, not, I won't go into details, but I, sometimes people seek me out, and uh, they want to find out about the Lord. They come to, they come to hear because 
they just pull it, they see the nice pretty church building, and I get it handed to me. You guys are out on the battlefield. You're in the play, you're at school, you're at work, you're at wherever you're at. You're in the front lines, you're fighting the battle. Je Moses is sitting down on the rock, he's got two people helping him hold up his hands. I don't know if you follow the analogy here, but I'm thinking, you know, that's kind of like, uh, you know, I get the privilege of pastoring and I get to sit down on my, my chair in my office sometimes and I, I get people that are supporting, people clean out here, cleaning the church or whatever they're doing and holding up my hands. And meanwhile, you guys are out fighting the battle. Battles are long. And uh, Joshua fought those battles for, for some years. And I, I, I just think about long battles. With battle comes battle fatigue. And then Joshua, not only did he fight the battle for, from, he was a prisoner of war from, 40, from birth to 40, and then from 40 to 42 he was a warrior. But then he spends the next 37 years or so until he's 80, you all know the story, in the wilderness wandering because of other people's unbelief. We pay for the sins of others sometimes. Sometimes we pay for a long time for the sins of others. Sometimes we, are, we don't get the victories that we, we could have had. Remember Caleb said, you all know the story, so why don't I have to go in detail. Caleb said at Kadesh Barnea, we, we will able to overcome it. And could they have been well, well able to overcome it? I think we all know the answer. Yes, they could have. Joshua and Caleb said, we can do it if we will. The ten said, no way, we can't do it. There's giants there. And Joshua and Caleb had to suffer along with all those others for 40 years. Of course, everybody 20 years older passed on, of course. But you will have four points tonight, and I'm just, I want to be done here in one minute, but I'm not going to quite make that, but we'll see what we do. You will have long war and sometimes lengthy battles during your lifetime. That's a part of life. Uh, I got called just, whatever, an hour ago, now 6.30, the phone rang, and it was Rene Riendo. Uh, some of you know who that might be, that Gloria. And I wish I had time. To, I, I've got a 32, no, 34-year, almost 33-and-a-half-year history with Gloria Riendo in my head. We stayed at their house for two weeks when we first moved out here in, in Connecticut, and her mama just passed away just two hours ago, Mrs. McBride, at 92 years of age, served God all her life. And Brother Riendo called me and said, Can I have Dan Susan's number one and preach the preached the, 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 the funeral service for Mrs. McBride. And, uh, uh, but she fought a good fight. She kept the faith. 92 years. Kept the faith. And there'll be a celebration service here in a few days, evidently. Next week, whenever it is, I don't know. But there's some long battles to be fought. Number two, you will not only have some long battles, but you will have some wins some winning battles, some victories, and some miraculous battles as well. And just three things, ABC, I have on my worksheet here. But think of the story of Joshua and the story of the, throughout this book. We see in, in chapter 4, I should have looked at, I didn't write the chapter down. But some, there'll be some Jordan River crossings. Can you imagine coming up to a big river? I've been to the Jordan River. Today it's a very small river especially as farther south you get. It's only, it's, in some places, it's even skinnier than from here to the back wall. It's maybe 50, 60 feet across now, but 
non-Bible days, they said it used to be a massive river, but uh, they've been draining it all for irrigation these last, you know, whatever. And so I can picture a river more, more, more like the Connecticut River or the Mississippi River or the Ohio River, a big river, maybe not that big, but pretty good-sized river. And it was in the springtime, it overflowed all our banks. And God says, okay, you guys got to go to the promised land, two or three million of you, so let's just stop the river. I mean, they got to see that with their own eyes. And uh, then... Then they got to see the Battle of Jericho. Can you imagine that? Okay, we're going to walk down, and, I, and I've seen the ancient ruins of Jericho. And it's pretty impressive, i got to tell you. They've excavated the, well, the, there was two, they believe there were two sets of walls, not just one set of walls. The Bible speaks about, it sounds like a, you know, it's one set of walls, but they probably had two sets of walls, uh, some 50 foot apart, and you can see where they excavated, and it's pretty, pretty spectacular. And these walls are high. I mean, they, 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 were, they were massive walls. And we, see all this, we saw other cities. If you ever go to, go, go to Israel, you'll see you know what I'm talking about. And those children of Israel, you know the story. They walked around the wall. What are we doing? We're walking around the wall. Why are we doing that? Don't worry about it. Just walk around the wall. You know, six days, seventh day. Okay, today, guys, class, we're walking around seven times. Get ready to, get, get ready to shout. And when you hear the trumpets blow, uh, we're going in. Going in, what do you mean? Don't worry about it, just, just do, do, obey orders. Marty shot uh, uh, interpretation of what takes place. And, and the trumpets shout, or the tr trumpet sounds rather, and the walls, and they shout, and the walls come, fell down flat. They saw that with their own eyes. The miracles of God. And if you live long enough, I, I, I'm, I find some emotionalism tonight because... You know, and I said this, and I don't, I don't mean to say a tease, but I heard something on Monday night that just rocked my world again. And I said, man, there is a God in heaven. You, God works in miraculous, mysterious ways. And I, I always say pastors are held. Brother Bruce, you're going to, you probably already know some of this, but you're going to find this out. You go to Gabon, you're going you're to learn secrets, and you're going to have pastoral secrets, and you're going to learn you're going to learn things that, that you're not going to be able to tell everybody. And you're just going to have to internalize them. And when you see God work, it'll just blow your mind. And you'll say, here's a God in heaven. When, when they got the orders, think about it. Just real quickly, I was thinking about this. I mean, you know, Joshua gets the order. Okay, you're going to walk around the walls seven times. Okay, And then on the seventh day, walk around seven times, and the walls will fall down flat. What, what will happen? Those walls will took hundreds of, you know, no doubt decades and decades and years to build those 50-foot walls, those solid, massive stone walls, maybe 30, 30 40 feet, foot thick, 40 feet high with towers, siege towers at the end. What do you mean they're going to fall down? That, that, that's never happened before. But, you know, God, we should not be surprised. In reality, if God is God, then miracles are neither impossible nor improbable. It's just, it's just nothing for God. Uh, we should expect God to cleanse the land of wickedness. We, uh, I thought of this illustration just real quickly. You say that's a minor thing. You know, I was so, I'm, I'm so, pardon me. I, I, you know, one of my sidebars, you know, I like to follow politics. You all know that. And I had it figured out. There was no way Donald Trump was going to win as president of the United States. There's just no way. 
And backing up, and I did do this really, real quickly. He wasn't my first candidate. He was my second candidate, my third candidate, my fourth candidate. I had candidates way before him. But eventually I got on the Trump wagon, and this is a friendly crowd so I can say this stuff, and say, maybe God's in this thing. I don't know. And so, and, but then that night came, and I said, there's no way he can win. No possible way. And I said, and then, then God turned things. And I believe God really did turn things. I believe that God brought that miracle. God brought that thing to pass. God can do anything because he's God. And so uh, God can do anything. He saw in these winning miraculous battles, he saw the Jordan River open. He saw the Jericho walls come down. He saw the sun stand still. And there was no day like it before or after. You know, the neat thing is, if you'll serve God, you'll see things happen that will, there, there'll be days in your life that you'll never, never happen before, never will happen again, that you'll see God's miraculous blessings. And you'll say, how could that have ever happened? I'm, pardon me, I just, and I'm trying to, for me, I just, you know, I, I know I've used my dad a hundred times now in the last year and a half, but I, for my father to get saved, I, I said, that can't be. That cannot be. For me to be sitting on a Wednesday night service two months ago uh, in a Baptist church and my sitting right next to my dad, what? I mean, that's just no day like it. I was like, I'm sitting there, I got, I got goosebumps. I was like, how can this be? God's on the throne. God can still work miracles. So God will give us some winning battles, miraculous battles in our war of a lifetime. He'll give us... There'll be long battles, lengthy battles. Thirdly, and we'll be real quick with this point, because this, but we have to be real, in reality. When we read about this through this book of Joshua, this book of war, you will have some losing battles and some sad days. It's part of life. It's called one word AI. You're going to have some AIs in your life. The, the, the city of AI, you know the story, and people are going to die. And it's going to be collateral damage. And it's part of life. Joshua goes weeping and, you know, what, you know, what happened? Lord, get up. There's sin in the camp. And uh, there's time for weeping. There's time for sadness. There's a time for, and yes, there's setbacks and we're going to lose some battles. That's a part of life. I was, uh, well, well, no, I won't, uh, let me use, Brother Davis, I talked to David Davis yesterday on the phone. He's coming this Sunday night. Uh, we're going we're scheduled to have to do this very quickly, but there were six pastors that went to Iraq in 2004, and it was John Kelly was the only one that got killed. Now we got a chance. We're going to go here. I didn't. The first time you heard this, on we're going over to Pastor Collins's church again on Sunday, uh, Saturday night in May. It's the plan everybody wants to go. And the widow of John Kelly will speak. Uh, she'll speak and give her testimony that night. Now, she is going to be, for the first time, it's been 15 years. She is going to meet the pastor who's going to preach, the Kirk DeVitro. They've never seen each other since the funeral. It was Kirk DeVitro that put the whole, whole trip together to Iraq and assured his Mrs. Kelly, that his, her husband would be okay. Well, her husband is okay. 
fact, he's better than ever before, but he's been in heaven for 15 years and left Mrs. Kelly with four orphan little kids in the house. And they're going to meet for the first time on Saturday night, in about a month and a half from now. We're going to be there. I'm planning on being there myself. And Brother DeVidro is going to preach. And there's a lot of emotionalism there. We got together with the Collinses last night, and they explained things to me. How would you be like to be the guy that said, hey, no problem, your husband, I want him to come on a trip with me, and uh, everything will be okay, and, you're the, and, and that leads to that man's death, that father of four. That's what happened. And uh, uh, there's going to be defeats in life, is all as I'm saying. Last point here, and I, I wanted to be out here 10 minutes ago, but thank you for bearing with me. Go, let's go to Joshua. 21 real quickly here Joshua 21 if you fight the battles some people don't fight some people just just roll over and play dead if you fight the battles you victory will ultimately over a lifetime will come and it will be worth it all more than you ever know and look at Joshua 21 verse number or, or, I, we could have went to Joshua 14, 15, and it just summarized in a soundbite. Caleb, he's 85, he says, give me that land. I want that mountain. We got our songbook in our song. I want that mountain. He's 85. He saw that mountain when he's 40 years old. God put it in his heart. I got that mountain for you. That can be your mountain. I've willed it to you. That's your, that's your land. It took him 45 years to get it. 45 years. And it really took him 46 because chapter 15, if you read the chronology, it took him another year to get it and he gives it over to his kids. But we get to chapter 21, verse 2045. Bruce, please. 2145, please. Folks, what I'm trying to tell you, it pays to serve the Lord. It does. I uh, wanted to read 22.5. Uh, Bruce could read that. for. I'll tell you what, for sake of time, go to 23.1, the, the first half of the verse, Bruce. I can read it because it's, I have it underlined here. And it came to pass a long time after the Lord had given rest unto Israel from all their enemies round about. Notice the key. It came to pass a long time. And then we get to 24.15 that we hardly need to even read. You know the, one of the two text verses of this whole book. As you know, choose you to stay whom you will serve. And we get to the last, uh, second or third last verse of the book, verse 31. And let me give you, and, and Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that overlived Joshua and which had known all the works of the Lord that he had done for Israel. And you know that they served God, they saw victories as long as Joshua was their servant. Then we get to the book of Judges, that's another story. But I wanted to give you this in closing here. The battle, and I, I get goosebumps at these points in time when I think about these things. The battle is often won by a few. And it's often won by a few that are unknown. And I will, I'll give you two illustrations, but, and if you know your World War II history, you know this to be true. I know Brother Ray likes World War II, so, so uh, I'm talking about D-Day 
June 6th minus 1, in other words, June 5th. D-Day was won ultimately on June 6th because on June 5th a handful of paratroopers and a handful of the early version of Navy SEALs stormed some strategic spots on the shore, the guns of Navarone, and the, 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 or stormed some beachheads and some back. Uh, they, they took some enemy territory where some big guns would have done some heavy damage to, to, uh, to the troops, to the, the, the frontal assault. And I want you to know that, and I think all of us here, there's uh, secret weapons, behind-the-scene weapons that, that causes the house of God to go forward, the work of God to go forward, and the victories to be won. And I think it's the secret places of prayer. I think it's the secret places of when we do, when we serve God when nobody else knows. And maybe, if I could be a, just a, maybe a bit sensational, I'm not trying to be, but maybe by, you know, the simple little things that we do that, maybe the little almost silly things that we do, like keeping our doors open on a night where we could have closed. Maybe, maybe there's somebody here that needed to hear this tonight. And little as much when God is in it, you see. God can do a great work of grace with just one, Joshua and Caleb. I, I think about it often. 3,500 years later, we're still talking about the victories of Israel because of two men. Really, Joshua the leader, just, he did right. And as they say, the rest is history. And that, I think when we get to heaven, we're going to find out that there's a lot of families that had victories. I think, and I'll close with this, I promise. And I know you don't know, it just popped, it's just in my head. See, I've known the Riendos for 34 years. Now, Gloria knew her mom for however old Gloria is. I don't want to give her age out, and I'm not sure if I know myself. But her mommy, 92, four hours ago now, or I guess it's been three, four, or five hours ago now, she graduated into glory. And about 50, 60 years ago now, I forget how many years it was, they got gloriously saved. And they led many of their relatives to the Lord. I know many of their relatives. And I know the, the product that's gone forth. All because somebody said, I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. I'm going to win for the glory of God. Well, I've gone too long here. Let's bow for prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for the truth of your word, dear God, and thank you for the victory, Lord. I, Lord, I believe that everybody in this room knows that we're in a war, that they're in an individual battle, war for a lifetime, and we're called to fight the good fight of faith, to finish the course, to keep the faith. Henceforth, there's going to be for us a crown of righteousness, Lord shall give unto us, not only us only, but all those that love is appearing. Help us to win the battle, we pray. Lord, I pray you bless our church, bless those that, Lord, are struggling right now, and maybe they've lost some battles, or, Lord, in a losing siege right now. It's part of life. Help them to keep on keeping on. Because, Lord, the war is not, not lost by single, singular battles, but by keeping faithful until, Lord, uh, the victory comes. Thank you for your love to us, Lord. Dismiss us out of the blessing tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Did I forget?